A couple months ago, we started discussing Baymart Institute's 18 common UX mobile pitfalls. It was a lot to cover in one episode, so this week we're covering the remaining 10 on the topics of forms and site-wide errors. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Every aspect of your website is a variable that could be impacting your business's revenue. We all want to grow our business, and we make changes with the hopes of seeing our business grow. Maybe you add a new graphic here, new social proof on your product page there, maybe change your pricing. But do you know if this new thing is helping or hurting you? Today, testing is a requirement in understanding what is and isn't working for your business. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to test. In fact, I set up my first test in less than 10 minutes on a client store using neat A-B testing. After the test was live, we saw a confidence level on each of our tests to know which is actually best for the business. How? They showed us the additional revenue per view for each variant. Give our friends at Neat AB Testing a try today and start testing for your business. Head over to try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T to start your 14-day free trial. Again, that's try.neatab.com slash commerce dash T. Mesa is the easiest way to integrate any top e-commerce app or service with your online store. Designed exclusively for Shopify and Shopify Plus, Mesa's automated workflows can get back your time spent on repetitive tasks while growing your business at the same time. Join other merchants that have embraced the simplicity of Mesa's no-code approach to building workflows. You can create new ways to improve customer engagement, encourage repeat purchases without lifting a finger, reduce manual data entry, and more through a simple point-and-click interface. And with BFCM planning around the corner, now is the time to ask the question, is my online store prepared? Optimizing every step in the shopping experience is the only way to create a lifelong customer. Get Mesa and capitalize on one of the biggest commerce events of the year. Search for Mesa in the Shopify app store and download the app today. Hello, Rian. Hello, Kelly. Okay, first, before I say what's up, I just want to tell you that our hook is one of the least you know what? sexy hooks that we've I ever am had. going for efficiency today. <laughs> and I'm just, maybe I was really excited to talk about forms it's, and site-wide it- errors. <laughs> so I'm just like, look, this is what we're doing. Let's do it. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And if you're like, what's the hook? Uh, it's the part that exactly. we read before everything else. <laughs> Well, how are you before we get going into this mobile journey and site-wide I am good. Errors? I have been on sabbatical for three-ish weeks now. This is my final week and I have feelings. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> that's how, how we'll unpack feeling? it offline. Yes, that's yeah? a good okay, offline well, topic offline. of conversation. <laughs> okay, okay. Fantastic. I cannot wait to hear about it. Uh, also, Kelly's on my super secret app is almost ready for submission to the It is almost store. ready for submission. So I am so excited. It's like, it's fun seeing it functional. It's, y'all ain't ready. We put the fun in functional. We put the fun in functional. And speaking of functional, let's talk about... <laughs> 
beautiful segue. Let's talk about forms and site-wide errors. <laughs> okay, if any of you are like, what words are you saying? Why don't we go ahead and just uh, define them out the gates? Kelly, what's a form? A form is... <laughs> I define a form. Uh, it's where you put information into it and then you click a submit button or some other button. Maybe it says add to cart. Maybe it says send us an email. Maybe it says any other thing. It's like it's like a text box where you put words. Right? It's multiple text boxes. Multiple usually. text boxes. And maybe there's a video button, some like, like you know, option what? buttons. Maybe there's like a drop down yeah, menu. Let's not use the word radio button. I just no. Radio or the words. Button. Okay. So what's a site-wide error? It means your stuff's broken. That's <laughs> really what that means. Site-wide error just means it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily it's not an error specific like specific to one area on a site. It's just like it's all over. Load speed and things like that. Um, that are just things that should be looked at and fixed. Yes. Okay, so let's cover the first thing that we want to talk about. And this is the fact, and then I want you to talk more about it, Kelly. of mobile sites don't dynamically change form labels from above fields to left aligned in landscape mode. By the way, y'all, if you're like, this is, that was incredibly long winded. I didn't write it. Somebody else did. And I'm, I'm going to now punt the ball over to Kelly for her to tell us what it means. Okay. So I am shopping on my phone. Okay. And we're talking mobile UX pitfalls. Yes. We're talking about shopping, browsing. Because mobile indexing is first. I just want to say. Google looks at mobile indexing over everything for SEO. Okay. (laughs) And over back over to you, Kelly. How to get that in there. (laughs) Okay. So let's say you are scrolling through a website. Like you reach a a contact form. You want to reach out to the the merchant, your customer on a website. You want to reach out to the merchant and ask them a question about an order or whatever. You're going through and there's like maybe eight questions you need to answer and you're you're most of the time you're filling out a form with your phone in portrait mode, meaning like it's up and down, kind of how you typically hold a phone uh, versus landscape mode, which is usually how you would watch a video on your phone and also how you should be recording a video in your on your phone. Please take note, don't record videos in portrait mode unless you're recording for like TikTok or something like that. Oh, I guess Instagram reels are a thing too. So <laughs> anyway. say something and then take it back in the same sentence? No, no. Those are the only two situations where you should ever be recording a video in landscape or in portrait mode. Yes. Other than that, please record in landscape. Anyway, so you know when you're typing on your phone and the keyboard comes up, and I'm sitting here holding my phone, just like whipping it around. It's perfect. You know, visuals are great. Rian can see me do it. It's cool. And usually, the 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 keyboard takes up about like the bottom, almost the bottom half of your screen. And then you have like the top part of your screen that has like the browser, let's say like Safari is like URL, like the address bar or something like that. And then a little bit of the screen that you can see the actual form fields that you're filling in. You following? Well, I am. So I I hope everybody else is. So now let's flip your phone sideways. Okay. So you're in landscape mode. Got it. Flipping. Now your keyboard takes up more than half of your screen because it is now squeezing in the keyboard itself these suggested words. And then usually there are like some buttons to like a, like a button to toggle to hide mm-hmm. the, the keyboard so you can see the screen or like go up and down, like navigating through the menu, which is really helpful, like navigating through like the form itself to jump 
before or after, like to a later question. Unfortunately, you now have even less screen real estate for seeing what you're actually doing on the website. Mm. So when we're talking, there are two components to any form field. You have the, the entry field itself, which is what you're typing into. And then you also have the label, which is telling you what you're supposed to be typing into that field. Okay. On portrait, on when, you know, when we typically view a website on a mobile device, usually the label sits on top of the, the text field, just because it's a, a natural reading, like, you know, left to right, top down. You see first name, enter the first name, last name, and then the field that entered the last name. On landscape, what this is telling us is 62% of sites don't move that label from above the text field to the side of okay. it. And the reason why is it requires just some CSS to fix it. You always say, this is how you fix it. That's how you fix it. Um, it just needs to be, the, the, the order of it just needs to be adjusted in the code a little bit with some styling, with some CSS. But by listing the form field label on the side next to the field, it shrinks the amount of space that's required for you to actually see on your screen. So you can see a fields above, you can see fields below. And it's a little bit more, it's a little bit easier on your eyes when you're trying to read what else you're going to be answering on that, on that form. Does that make sense? That, that, that does make sense to me. Uh, FYI, okay. everybody, I have my phone in my hand landscape mode so I can visualize it. So I hope that y'all were able to understand it as well. And if you don't know CSS, what should you do, Kelly? Hire a developer. Contact a developer. <laughs> like I answered it for Go myself. to experts.shopify.com. Exactly. Go to experts.shopify.com. Okay. So I think we're going to continue this uh, trend that is now going to be a trend because it's going to be the second time where I just say the thing and then, and then let Kelly explain it. Okay. So 69% of mobile sites don't properly introduce position and style error messages. Let's say you're filling out that contact form still. We're just working on the same contact form. This is a long contact form. Related questions. <laughs> this is a long. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like five questions. Maybe it's like your first name and your last name and your email address. And here's the problem. I have a question. Or here's the problem contact. Yes. Because I feel like that this, this is really impactful. Okay. You know, when you have a form up and mm-hmm. your iPhone or your Android phone, in theory, populates your name because it's triggered that, oh, this is a name, therefore, okay. Why does that sometimes not happen? It makes me enraged, by the way, if we're wondering. It's like that, or if it just doesn't take my credit card information, I'm like, there's like six credit cards saved on my phone. Why do I have to go pick one up? To keep this as high level as possible. Okay, yeah, and I need it high level, otherwise I'm not gonna get it. There is, there are attributes that you can add to a form field in the code that say, this is the type of field that it is. Think like when you're typing in a password and you just see those like little dots mm-hmm. instead of you seeing the actual letters and numbers and characters that you're typing. It's, that's an attribute. You're saying what type of field it is. You can do the same thing for auto-completion. Okay. Which is what we're talking about here. Okay. If you mislabel a field or you don't label it at all, it doesn't necessarily know what it's supposed to be. But a developer can like, hints at what kind of field this is to provide some context for your phone to know like, hey, this is what it should be. Um, Quite often you see this when like people not doing this, when you have, let's say a phone number 
and it brings up your entire keyboard instead of just like mm. the numbers keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's something that like really grinds my it ears. It grinds my gears. Okay. So, okay. Thank you. I, I know that was a divergence, but I also think that that creates churn because I won't fill the thing out. I'm like, ah, this is too much effort, which shows yeah. exactly how much time people, they'll just bounce off of your, your page. They just are like, buy them out. And I think that's always just exactly. important to remember for everything, conversion, SEO, uh, mostly conversion and SEO. Okay. So back to the original question. 69% of mobile sites don't properly introduce position and style error messages. Yes. Yes. Okay. So back to our situation where we're filling out this contact <laughs> our form. Situation. It's our situation. Our situation. It's now become a situation. <laughs> it's an entanglement. Maybe maybe it is a situation. Maybe you have an issue with the product that you received and you need Ooh, a refund or something. That's like true. That. It, How about and, that? It is now a situation. Oh, and there's no FAQ page that really gets you where you need to be. <laughs> so I'm just going to use the general contact form for this. Okay. And so let's say our form has first name, last name, email address, order number, which could be uh, an optional field, so not necessary, a drop-down field that's like, why are you contacting us? I have an issue with my order. I have a question. I'm looking for a job, whatever. And then you have the, just like a, an empty text field that you like type whatever about why you're contacting us. Um, let's say I'm going through this form and I forget to put in my first name. Okay. And this was the first field listed. And so I'm going to continue to scroll down to the end of the form. And then I get to the submit button and I click submit. Okay. And nothing, nothing's happening. Oh, fun can't see what's happening. Mm -hmm. If I were on a desktop, I would see that there's an error message that says, this field is required, where I skipped filling out the form field for the first name. What should be happening is I should be scrolled back up to where that error actually occurred, where the first error occurred on your form. So I'm like, oh, this is where I messed up. This is what I did. Let me fix it. And then I'm going to submit it again. 69% of mobile sites don't scroll you back to where you need to be. That's a, that's a really high number. That's really high. That number is big. And I honestly think like I'm probably guilty of that too mm. because I, it's not something you really think about when you're building the form. Like, oh yeah, let me make sure I scroll to the error. But it's something that's definitely, it, it should be built in. There you go. Everyone, you heard it here, not first, if you read the Baymard blog, but <laughs> second. And if you didn't read the blog, you heard it here first. And hopefully you've never visited the internet.com before. The internet. <laughs> I don't know what on, is on that website. Um, I would put it in our show notes, but I'm a little afraid. Yeah, of what don't I'm about do that. Okay. That's the like, internet. Don't look. Dot com. Mm. What if this alphabet owns it? Because that would be hilarious. The loading. Whoever's holding it is a genius if they're just holding it. But I would have sold to do it. Do something fun with it. They, I like yeah. right. Would you not oh. sell that to alphabet? Wow. Who it is loads it? It's a website that's just like text on it, and all the text says is the internet.com. Okay. Whoever owns this developers, I know it's a funny joke, but think of all the money you could make. <laughs> all the money you can make, all the fun things you could be doing with this. Um, okay. Okay. So next form challenge, 25% of mobile sites don't have an address validator or address lookup feature. Yes. So this means that you're going through checkout and let's say I'm typing in my address, which is one, two, three, street lane. Regan just had a minor panic thinking I was about to put to say my actual address on here. That's really cute. <laughs> I have been on the internet long enough to know 
that I should not be giving out my address yeah. on a podcast. Okay, but Kelly and I will say that, and we both on webinars, <laughs> both of us have surfaced all of our contact information before. Yeah. Like live to thousands of people. It happened. Allegedly. Yep. Allegedly. We both, it happened and we're both like, let's click back as fast as yeah. we can. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, there's something outside. Hit back. Yeah. Not that everyone's looking outside at the same place I am, but you know, I'm you trying. Know, you know, though, I am disappointed that I never got any presents from, from, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. No, that's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> I was joking. That was a joke. Okay. Aww. Okay. So address validation. Yes. My address is 123 Street Lane. I go through the, fill, the, the, the form to fill it out. An address validator might look up my address and be like, actually, it's 123 Street Lane Southeast. Mm. Would you like to use this version of it before? Because this is what USPS likes. And the rest of the zip code. You're like, I don't know the rest of my zip code. The last four. Who knows the last four digits of your zip code? Like uh, Address you validators. Do, I am like <laughs> genuinely surprised. But yes, um, <laughs> speaking of form validation, uh, please don't ever require the last four digits oh my of my zip code. I have actually had to go to the USPS website before, type in my address to get the last four to finish filling out the form. And you know who those forms belong to? Who? The U.S. government. The government. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, one of my least favorite things to do when when hiring a new employee is have to register my business in their local state. Oh, yeah. And so I've visited many a state government website trying to navigate their form. And every business registration website from every state is slightly different because... Why not? Why have like a like uniform? Yeah, nah. that makes let's too make much this sense. as difficult as possible. So anyway, form validators uh, they cut down on the number of errors that can occur having like an incorrect shipping address or something like that, where where the order doesn't actually get delivered. It means that you don't have to follow up with a customer. It means that you won't get a return to sender. Things like that. Shopify has Google address validation as an option in settings. Checkout settings shipping. Let's find out. Yeah, it does. And that's shop five settings. core, right? Yeah. Uh, it is under. And if you if you're like, what is core? Uh, that's everything that's not plus. So it's yeah. So it's all of Shopify. That's what I mean. Um. Yeah. So it's under settings checkout under order processing. Enable address auto completion. Uh, gives customers address suggestions when they enter your enter their shipping and billing address. These are pulled from Google uh, Google Maps API, so it's a legit place to be finding the address. Yes, um, definitely recommend doing this. Now, if you're using a third party checkout, let's say you're still on like Recharge V1 or Bold V1 uh, V <laughs> version two. If you were to install Recharge today, uh, you'll be integrated directly into Shopify's native like Shopify's checkout. So. This is irrelevant. Just check that box that I just mentioned. If you're on V1, uh, there are some extra steps that you need to take to actually get address validation within those apps. Um, I don't remember the name of the app. There is an app that uh, that does address validation for recharge that you can you can install, but it's in the integration section, so you can just look for it there. So yes, please uh, enable address validation because it makes everybody happy. It makes life so much easier. It truly, truly, truly does. Hey, Rian, what can I do to help my support team be more efficient? 
I recommend Gorgeous. Gorgeous combines all your communications channels, including email, SMS, social media, live chat, and phone into one platform and gives you an organized view of all help requests. This saves your support team hours per day and makes managing customer orders a breeze. It sounds great. What else can it do? With Gorgeous, you can pre-write and save responses to your most frequently asked questions. You even have access to the customer's order information, so you can personalize the responses with things like an order or tracking number. This will allow your support team to focus on complex questions. Brands like Olipop, Deathwish Coffee, and Steve Madden have reduced their response times and increased efficiency. This sounds like a great way to also increase sales and brand loyalty. Where can I learn more? Check out Gorgeous by visiting commercetea.com forward slash gorgeous and try Gorgeous for free for two months. Again, that's commercetea.com forward slash G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Okay, so next. 50% of mobile sites have an excessive number of form fields shown by default. Okay, this is one of my favorite things to talk about. When we did the the email pop-up webinar, with Shopify Growth Lab, we talked about this. Yes. Where I get this pop-up to enter in my first name, my last name, my email address, my phone number, my my gender, um, why I'm shopping here today, uh, my date of birth. And I'm like, okay, this is a lot to be asking me. I've never visited your website before. Why are you asking me so many questions? Yes. Keep your form fields to an absolute minimum. I understand if you want to be like first name, last name, and then month and day of birth or something like that. If you want to capture birthdays for like, uh, if, if you want to capture birth, if, if it, it depends again on the brand, yeah. if it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if it's typical for people to shop on your store for their birthday, like Milk Bar. My birthday's not coming up. I wanted milk to pretend bar. it was. Daniel's is next, week, next month. So maybe I'll uh, quote unquote buy him a cake, then eat it. Buy Buy him a cake. I just got um, a birthday cake truffle from Target from Milk Bar, if that makes sense. If you just pat that. I'm like, this omni-channel strategy is fire. Okay. So next up, 79% of mobile sites don't mark required and optional fields consistently. (laughs) That's a real, this is a real pain point though. Yeah. So what does this mean? Okay. So when you're filling out a form, you often see like a little asterisk next to certain fields. Yeah. An asterisk usually denotes required. Now, if you're using an asterisk to denote a field that's required, you also need to include the legend, which going way back to school days where we <laughs> describe when you're looking at a map and it's like, hear what all of these points on a map mean. Like, what do these blue dots mean? And what do these yellow dots yeah. mean? That's the legend. Now you apply that same logic, the legend logic to your form and you say an asterisk equals required. That's all I'm asking you to say. Just literally like write that. Ta-da! So make sure that's on there. And then make sure you're labeling which form fields are required. Even if they're all required. Otherwise it gets chaotic. Otherwise it gets chaotic. Yes. Because if I'm like going through a form and it's like address line one, address line two, address line three, business name. Like if if some of these fields are not required, like tell me which ones are required. And hopefully only address line one is required. Exactly. Right. Otherwise I'm just like making stuff up. Number two or three. N-A. 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 I also want to say this is not one of the things on this list, but while we're still talking about this, keep in mind that different 
especially if you have an international audience, different languages are used for different form fields. For example, in the United States, we say zip code. In Canada, they say postal code. In the U.S., our zip codes are five numbers. In Canada, there are six digits that are both letters and numbers. Do not set your zip code or postal code field to be numbers only or Mm -hmm. else Canadians or other people, say, in Europe cannot check out on your website. Yes. Or form. Don't do it. Haha, form. Okay. Uh (laughs) So next, otherwise we're not going to get all, we're not going to get through these. 61% of mobile sites don't use the right keyboard layout for one or more fields. Okay, this is what I was talking about earlier. I forgot that it was one of these things. So as I was mentioning, if your form, let's say your credit card number, now Shopify handles this for you so you don't have to worry about it. But let's use phone number as an example. You have a phone number field on your site. You don't need to give them the ability to write in letters. Just show them the numbers field because otherwise, what's the point? I don't need to add those additional characters. I don't need to add the letter B to my phone number. It doesn't exist. So show the right ones, but make sure you're actually showing the right ones in the, for all situations, as in don't show a numbers a field for credit cards. Or not for credit cards, for zip codes. Okay. Slash postal codes. Okay. Fantastic. Next. 93% of mobile sites don't always provide load indicators whenever new content is loading. We've made it to the site-wide things. We have made it to the site-wide things. We should celebrate. We are done with forms. There you go. I had to turn mine on. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's just on always. I'll I just know. have to replace the battery sometime. I know. That's, that's cool. Okay. So we're on to the site-wide things. And okay. this is a big, this is a big data, like a big piece of data. 93%. This is, yeah. Like almost everybody. Almost every site. Exactly. And this is, this is not just left to mobile either. So this is on desktop. Quite often, you don't see a load indicator whenever content is loading. What this means is that you see like the the, the little circle circular thingy that the just doodad, like, yeah, the doodad um, that shows before content loads, or you see like a loading bar where it's very clear that things are still loading because that con- that loading bar has not finished. Like when you're loading a page on Safari, you see the the bar. Yeah, at the top. there's always something. Yeah, exactly. That means ninety three percent of mobile sites don't provide this. Yeah, exactly. What? Why? Add load indicators. All, like as a developer, make sure you have a status set for if you click a button and something has not happened, update the button. I see this happen a lot on Ajax Add to Cart. Ajax meaning you don't have to reload the page. It does not take you to the cart page. It just adds the item to the cart in the background and then updates the cart count or shows you like a mini cart with the new item that you just added into the cart. And then it says like item added to cart buy that add to cart button. Mm. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So quite often I see uh, times when you click that add to cart button and nothing happens. It's still working in the background. And it's taking but a you while. you have no idea. And so I'm going to click the button again. Yeah, same. And I'm going to make the store upset with me and potentially just yeah, either yell at me or add two to the to my cart. And I don't want to buy two of them. I've checked yeah, out before with two lower dollar item things in my cart because I didn't of even that. notice. Didn't even notice. Then I'm emailing them. Uh, excuse me. Didn't mean to order two. <laughs> like, I don't want to. This is I know problem. Amazon loves to suggest like, you just bought a toilet. Would you like to buy another toilet? <laughs> um, Would you like a second toilet to go with the first? 
I just booked a hotel room uh, for Savannah uh, next weekend. And I get to the the confirmation, the order confirmation page. Like, all right, we got your room booked. We're good to go. Would you like to book another room at a different hotel? Like, why do I need another one? That's not an upsell. They should be selling you like a spa experience or a, or a car rental oh, car or something rental. else related to travel. Clearly, Kelly and I have different <laughs> priorities. <laughs> Me, I'm like, clearly they should be selling you a spa service. I'm afraid that point. they don't really have like spa treatments at the Holiday Inn. So <laughs> fair, fair, fair. fair. <laughs> I can understand that. You never, you can yeah. just take a bubble bath. You'll be fine. I might. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Next up, 66% of mobile sites place tappable elements too close to each other. You know a lot about this one. I, I feel all types of way about tap targets. Here's Tell one. me about your hill. Why don't you make tap targets big enough to tap? Why are they there <sighs> if you're not going to do it? Like, why? No, stop it. This, this also, this is stressing me out to even think about. It. Here's why. When you have a pop-up, <laughs> everything comes back to pop-ups. When you have a pop-up of any kind and I cannot exit out, A, as a user or a customer, I'm upset because I can't do the thing that I want to do. B, Google can't get past it. What are you doing? C, they have already made statements and they is Google and Google is the boss of the internet. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned earlier, that's why I was wondering if Alphabet owned the internet.com. If you don't know who Alphabet is, Alphabet owns Google. Uh, so just make your taps sizes tappable. I don't really know what else to say, Kelly. Okay. And if, and, and if you're like, what are you talking about? Put your, hold your phone in your hand and try to tap a thing. If you can't tap it, the tap target's not good enough. Exactly. So this, yeah, this actually shows up on Google's mobile usability report. It does. If your if your tap targets are too close together, you will get dinged. And it's an accessibility and issue. It's an accessibility issue, exactly. So some common areas where you see this pop-ups, as he mentioned, the close button. It's a really, really easy one that people always make way too small. Way too small. Another one that's really common is swatches on a product page. So if you have, instead of doing like a drop down menu for like choose your size or choose your color, you use color swatches instead. I often see those to be too small. Yeah. Um, I want to see them usually at least 36 pixels in width and height. Yeah. I know that seems like it's big. It has to be big. My fingers are big. Your finger is larger than 36 (laughs) pixels in width and height. Unless it's like a baby who's navigating the site. And usually that's not the case. Maybe that's how we should frame this. If you put your finger up to your screen and it doesn't work, that means your tap targets are too small. Exactly. Period. Uh, So, and and keep in mind, you can have different size tap targets for desktop versus mobile. Again, this is all CSS. Just make sure they're big enough for mobile in particular. You usually have a little bit more control over your tap targets using a cursor, like a mouse or a trackpad. Um, Less so when you're just tapping something. But again, accessibility still stands for making sure it's it's not an issue on desktop as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Well, the next fact is also regarding tappable elements, and that is 32% of sites have tappable elements that are too small. Isn't that the same statistic as it's almost... They're the ones that they were just too close to each other. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. 
So interesting enough, Baymard uses millimeters as their unit of measure on here. They say they should be at least seven millimeters by seven millimeters. Um, seven millimeters is a little over 26 pixels. Okay. So I prefer to see them a little bit bigger. Same. But bare minimum, I guess you can go with seven millimeters. Because that's a commonly I want used you to, method. I want you to take, pick up your, like your meter stick, your ruler, and just hold it up to your screen and measure each of your tap targets. Can you imagine? Yes, I could imagine. I, could. I work with clients all the time. <laughs> I once received a CD in the mail with the client's product photos. I had to buy a portable CD drive to plug into my Mac so I can get the product so images off the CD. It. Yeah, because I don't have I don't have the I have every technological device you can imagine, and I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're in our tenth. We're we're almost done. We're at the last one. We're yeah. Eighty five percent of mobile sites don't have direct links to return policy and shipping info in the footer. What? Here's the solve this for is you. This is a no-brainer for me. What's in there? How do you do it? You add it to your navigation. <laughs> yeah, you have you have a footer. Usually it has, uh, if you're using a theme from the theme store, you're using a theme that somebody built. Usually there are menus that have been created to just pop into your footer. Add the links in there. Add the you, should also, you should have return policy, privacy policy, shipping information, FAQs. And contact us. And also make sure you have a link to shop in your footer. Because if you don't, it is a dead end. And we do not like dead ends. No, we do not. Okay, we did so it. We did it. And now it's time for our store shout outs. And my store shout out of the week is not like a small player. They're actually a really large player. And that is Yeti. Okay. The... the Keeping cold brand. I don't know, what, is what, what else does it do? I mean, I think the it vibe is, is like very outdoorsy, which isn't why I like it. I like it because it keeps things really cold or really hot, depend, which can be a challenge. I will say I do have a Yeti mug, like a hot mug, a hot, like one of the kind you can put in your car. I don't know what those things are called. Tumbler? The travel. Travel. Truffle mug. mugs. We had talked about this before. Oh, no, I it was the same day I had a conversation with Daniel trying to figure out what to call them. So the uh, never have I ever had a coffee stay so hot or a drink stay so cold as I do with Yeti. So I'll just say that. They also have koozies that are cold and they keep your drinks cold. Or I don't think the koozies are cold, but they you like put them in, you put your beer or your Coke or whatever you're drinking in, and then you screw the top on and it keeps it cold for like 12 hours. And I think that's magical. That is magical. And now I'm thirsty. Now <laughs> So, okay, Kelly. What? So, and also I will say their site is really well-designed, well-built, easy to navigate, and it, very clear brand voice, good product imagery, everything like that. So... I, I would definitely check it out. Like I said, I am not like a go outside person, but I do like to stay cold. I'm not a go outside person. Like this is, this is a fact. When I go outside, I get sunburned and therefore I don't go outside anymore. 
It's true, you do. I'm retired from going outside. Okay, (laughs) Kelly, what about yours? Okay, so mine's kind of a, mine's also a bigger brand, but the reasoning is kind of fun. Um, Mine's movement. Okay. And here's why. On TikTok, there's a guy I follow named Aaron Van Campen. What he does is he knocks on uh, doors of very large houses and asks the people what they do for a living. It's fascinating. But what was really cool about it that I noticed is movement sponsors him because every time he knocks on the door, he has a movement watch on his wrist. Oh, that's so good. They've always been so good at it. They have always been... I thought what you were going to say is they knocked on the door and then Jake answered. Who's the CEO? <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I was going to die. But they've always been so good and astute at product placement. Movement's been crushing that game since the beginning. And they've ebbed and flowed with whatever trend. What you know, As we all know, we are up to the algorithms of all of the company's whims. And they have always just crushed it. Yeah. I just, I thought that was the coolest thing. So you always see one of the watches in in each of the videos that he records. And then you can also see in the description of it, it says sponsored by movement. So you can actually link through to it. So this is such a good idea for product placement. Uh, If you don't want to like do like straight up ads on TikTok, which of course is something that's definitely worth it, you know, exploring for your brand. Yeah. Um, But I just thought that was really cool. I love that. I love that so much. Awesome. Awesome. We did it. Woo. All right. So thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel. Please visit it at youtube.com slash commerce tea. I promise we will be recording more videos as soon as we finish our super secret app. Promise. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy. Woo-hoo! I've learned to pause every time. <laughs> Because you always have something to say. I do. Because reviews do make us positive reviews specifically. Positive reviews. <laughs> Good point. Uh, you can subscribe to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Wednesday. So grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify app store.